0: In the summer of 2022, two podcasters reaching what they believed was the end of their journey through the Amityville film series, Journey to Texas. Who will survive and what will be happening in Amityville
1: when they return? Welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast, Texas Chainsaw Massacre season. I am Tom. I'm Pat. And this week it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh so, baby,
0: it's a perfect follow-up to Texas Chainsaw Massacre One, at least in numbering, if not in an amazing
1: shift in tone. It does take still take place in Texas though, and we have one recurrent returning cast member. We do, and also the director is returning. Toby mm-hmm. Hooper came back to direct this for Menahem Golan and Elon... or what is what was Globus' last I first name? I can never remember. Golan and Globus of the Cannon Group, which is uh, so this movie came out in 1986 the canon group was responsible for some of the best worst 80s movies ever made mm-hmm. uh, you may have seen masters of the universe uh, masters of the universe um the, jim Cotta uh, jim carter the 80s rambo movies mm-hmm. including uh to the that time where we got revenge on all of Vietnam and three dedicated to those brave freedom fighters of the Taliban. Of the Taliban. But also like every other ninja movie, every other Chuck Norris movie, the, 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 the idea behind the Canon Group was just to buy any script that was just laying around that could be gotten for cheap or a franchise and anything that they could turn into a sequel, because it has some sort of built-in uh, identity in the pop culture. Yep. And they
0: were a use every part of every production, mm-hmm. like reuse sets, reuse actors, yeah. reuse music. Sometimes, uh, to the point where Masters of the Universe birthed one of their bigger late hits uh, before they went under. Cyborg. Oh God. Uh, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Cyborg, yeah. was originally written to be the sequel to Masters of the Universe. Oh, my. But when that bombs, they went through, changed the character names, yeah. and built the sets differently,
1: and just shot it as Cyborg. For some reason, uh, Billy Barty still was showing up. On the set yeah, of Cyborg, uh, and uh, he didn't know that there was a title change. Yeah, they're just like, Yeah, he's I, I'm still doing my Guldor thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> and he I, was. I brought the key, um, which is oh, for God's sake, that movie. Yeah, also, Supergirl, Supergirl is like one of the best examples of this where mm-hmm. you had uh, the um, it wasn't the who, who were the uh, the Saltzmans, yeah, the S- Saltz- S- Saltzman, S- Saltzman, Suskind, yeah. That they, they did the first uh, three. two they did the first two and then yeah Superman three three and four are canon yeah. and also Supergirl yep Ugh.
0: yeah uh, Superman one and two had done very well uh, but Warner Brothers wasn't sure about proceeding with a three so yeah canon films just picked it up and put out the sharp drop that kind of ruined comic book movies for a stretch it's
1: like you know it's so hard with Superman three because Don't get me wrong, there are a lot of things that are irretrievably and unexcusably bad about it, but there's a lot of good comic book bullshit in that movie. Like, once once the faux brainiac shows up, Mm -hmm. it's kind of great for, like, that last half hour. Yeah. And also... Dude, one of the best bits on uh, the new Superman and Lois show. Mm -hmm. Like, in the first episode, a nuclear power plant is about to hit critical mass. They need to cool it down quickly. Superman flies to a nearby lake, uses the Arctic breath creates the giant piece of ice and flies it back to the nuclear power plant Mm -hmm. and I was like this is Superman 3 this is great because that was awesome there were a couple good ideas in there that's what I'm saying we're going to use them just Richard Lester really was not the guy
0: not the guy for it and also that was not the script and that was not the cast um It was a whole lot of. Margaret make famously this
1: just did that, like she filmed like the bookend cameo, but said, yeah. "Fuck If, if uh, Richard Donner's still not back, what the what is the point of this? Yeah, yeah. So
0: so this is a canon film. Yeah, so that's canon. Uh,
1: <laughs> but they,
0: there's so many good things. Like, yeah, like they pr- they would produce movies, but generally were I won't say they were hands off, but they no. No. Um, but somehow, like, if you knew how to direct, they you like, could probably get it by them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Much like this movie, which, um, uh, so, uh, the canon guys, Golan Globus, were really expecting this movie to branch out into their hitherto not uh, untapped horror movie uh, market because right. they action they had cornered a couple of comedies they had nothing for horror so they yeah. bought Texas Chainsaw because it's like it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre let's do like the serious hardcore horror movie Toby Hooper at that point was not interested in making straight horror movies anymore Yeah, and so this one is totally much similar to uh, say an evil dead uh, to evil dead uh, well, Evil Dead 2. I think this actually comes out before Evil Dead. Yeah, because Evil Dead 2 was 87. This, yeah, this was 86. Is 86. And uh, also presupposes Bad Taste. Yeah. Or not Bad Taste, uh, okay. Dead Live. Don't get me wrong. Because yeah, it right. was right. like
0: 88,
1: 89. Yeah, oh, yeah no, I know it's after that, but it's just like the polish and the speed. Like, I, I, I see Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in Dead Live more than I see. Uh, uh, it in bad taste because well bad taste is great but it's definitely like the uh, the first film let's the, just put it together like Texas Chainsaw never mind. I'm sorry you were yeah. gonna say
0: well not bad taste was filmed over a long like what two years I at least a year, yeah a year. and just we have enough money for some more scenes let's go shoot them we'll yeah.
1: figure out the whole movie eventually it'll work fine Peter's grown his beard back he can just play one of the zombie the alien zombie things yeah um, like honest to God. In bad taste, there is a sequence where Peter Jackson's hero character is killing one of the goon characters that he is pl- that he is also playing, and the thing is cut together so well that unless you realize it, you don't notice it. Like yeah. it just works because even again, it doesn't matter if you've got no money, if you know if you know what you're doing, if you take the time to figure a thing out, you can make a good looking movie. Yeah, and,
0: you know your primer, your you know your
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre your
0: Texas Chainsaw Massacre and that's one thing so when he made that a lot of the sparseness of the effects and location was budget Mm mm-hmm he now has a budget
1: yeah he is, does <laughs> he has
0: been through making you know indie stuff and studio films like Life Force was a huge swing also canon also canon uh, yeah I guess building a relationship with him mm-hmm. um, but it,
1: yeah that was, a, it almost that was works. a big budget swing and it's a fascinating movie it's, a, it's good looking like yeah. you can't say it's not good looking it's just like <laughs> it's always tricky when like adapting any book into a movie is tricky but mm-hmm. like a gigantic high concept novel and everything yeah. um, it um, just it wasn't enough and and honestly at the same time it's like how much exposition do you need for a movie that's about space vampires like why why do we have to explain everything yeah but it's because none of it made sense right in the movie um, other than Matilda May makes a lot of sense in that she movie she makes a lot of sense in that movie <sighs>
0: Um, he had also done Invaders from Mars, I think, just before this, yep.
1: mm-hmm. uh, which I think is better than the original. I think I it's a great remake. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Ah. I remember the movie with Paul LeMat and um, Nancy Allen. That's like Strange Invaders, I think that one right. Is called. Right, yeah. That was kind of like... I don't know if that was like the, the, the twofer of that year but they were like I very thought close. I that was like
0: 82 to... and okay. uh, I feel like Invaders from Mars was right before this.
1: Okay. Alright. Um, so, and. Yeah, no, I, I just get the titles yeah. mixed together. I'm sorry.
0: And of course the major point in his resume between the two was Poltergeist. Poltergeist. And there's always the stories about how Spielberg directed the film and Tobey Hooper didn't. Yeah. Because it has lens flare, look off camera and wonder and yes Spielberg was heavily involved in the making of that movie because it was a story he had come up with it was a thing that he wanted to see made but Spielberg himself I don't think had the he didn't have the spirit to him at least at that point in his career to go full scary
1: which you want that Toby Hooper is not afraid to do that movie is terrifying it really is and it's not (laughs) Not in the like the cute family-friendly way. Like they're yeah. just Joe Beth Allen is drowning in a mud pit with skeletons. Mm-hmm. The kids are be are disappearing. This is what one- the one guy rips his own face off. Which yeah. is like but... there are things that like uh... <sighs> Like it's kind of fun. Like like I I think Toby Hooper ends the movie uh, right as the house implodes. Yeah. Steven Spielberg is where you get the TV getting kicked out of the hotel room gag.
0: Um
1: I could see that. I could
0: see Spielberg wanting the button on it. Uh, I can also see Ho- Hooper, Hooper is liking gone. the joke.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, but, but it's definitely. Toby Hooper never gets enough credit for the movie.
0: No, he really doesn't. And, and I, for a long time, bought into that. But rewatching a lot of his stuff and seeing. He does have that kind of. Actually, there are shots in there that I don't think Spielberg would have come up with. I think that there's compositions. I think that there's. Mm-hmm. Like, just. There are a lot of ideas. That are much more him than Spielberg, though the two collaborated for this perfect sandwich.
1: Yeah. this is A lot it, of things came together in the right way when, man, it could have really... Yeah. That could have gone bad. It, it, by all rights, should have. It's also a
0: movie that never stops. No. It opens... You get an incident almost immediately, and it's not like a lot of the modern ghost stories where there's mystery, 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 final act, everything goes to hell. Yeah. Everything's already going to hell pretty
1: much at the beginning. Yeah, that's the... The end of act one is ever Like, the worst nightmare has happened.
0: Yeah. And now... We didn't get out fast enough. We have to deal with this. We have to rescue our daughter. We have to, like, everything about it is,
1: we are screwed. And then it gets even crazier because you figure the end of the movie is, okay, the daughter and the mom are alive in the bathtub. Everything's fine. There's another 25 minutes of just Toby Hooper's like, all right, how much money we got left? Mm -hmm. All that's going on the screen. Yeah. It's so good. It hits you from every angle of the concept. You know what's great about this phase of the podcast? Mm -hmm. We're talking all about a movie that we love, and we're not, but then we're going to watch another movie that we love. Like, it's just like we're not doing all this, and then like, now we got to watch a fucking direct-to-video Amityville movie. Yeah, and we do have to watch a couple fucking direct-to-video Texas Champions. Oh, we'll we'll get to those. We'll we'll get to those later. We'll we'll have the shock and the new. But, like, this one, um, I like that. uh, so we do have one returning cast member, uh, Bill Sideau, or John Sideau, something Sideau. I don't remember. Not Max. No, uh, <laughs> no, not not Max Sideau. Um, yeah. But uh, he he was the. Um, the gas station barbecue man in the first one, uh, Jim Sidow, That's what it is. Uh, he he's our only returning cast member. We're gonna have uh, two character. Well, uh, presumably it's the It's the the Leatherface is supposed to be the same character, right? In this right. one, yeah. Leatherface uh, I think is always supposed to be the same character, right? And uh, but in this one we have a character that is similar to the hitchhiker, but is not the hitchhiker. Right. The hitchhiker was. Killed and for sure killed. Yeah. Oh God, man, they killed the hell out of him. But this time, it's a uh, the character's named Chop Top, and is what is one of the bigger bigger milestones for young Bill Mosley's career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the role, I read, uh, because he had made a short parody film called The Texas Chainsaw Manicure, <laughs> and he played the hitchhiker character analog in this parody gotcha and so Toby Hooper saw it and he thought it was funny he's like well if we ever do something hopefully we can put you in it (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) then he's in it and man he does steal the movie yeah and that's that's with Dennis Hopper
0: Get, yeah, Kill special me. guest star brought in. Like they were like, "Well, we need a name," and Dennis Hopper was not really at the top of anyone's call sheets at the time. No, happy to happy to work. Yeah, uh, but, but
1: like, did not phone it in
0: mm, at d- all. Definitely didn't phone it in, and I think this was in a phase where he was pushing to kind of reclaim his career because, mm-hmm. like, post-apocalypse now, he had gone off and done a bunch of personal experiment movies, like The Last Movie, something. Like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of things where he blew
1: through studio money and didn't give him much in return. But not in the, yeah, not in the good Terry Gilliam way where he's like, he's going to kill your budget, but at the end of it, it's Baron Munchausen and people will be talking about that movie forever. Right.
0: This is more, you shot for six months and you're talking to a horse for 20 minutes or stuff like that. I mean,. I'm. I saw the last movie once, that never, and that was enough. And I don't remember enough of it except that I, I'm good. But he just he had a bad run where, yeah, you know, he he wasn't putting out the best stuff, and he was kind of on a don't call list. Yeah. So this, he was an easy get, he was a recognizable name, and as a supporting character, he just goes for it. He
1: does. He is so good in this one. I'd Um, call it a top five performance of his.
0: Ooh.
1: Huh. I mean, I'd have to think
0: about it, but, like, Apocalypse Now, of course. Yep. Um, Super Mario Bros.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no no hesitation. Super Mario Bros. Man. I won't uh, debate Landed, it. I don't Landed, know if it'd be top five. Land of the Dead Land of the Man. God damn it, that movie. That movie does not get nearly enough credit. No. I'm not against it. us doing that franchise. Ooh. Proper. I have all of them. Yeah. I have all the George Romero ones, including uh, Diary and Survival of the Dead. Absolutely. Because... There, well, Diary of the Dead's pretty great. Uh, Survival of the Dead. That's the he only, had run out. Yeah, that's the only one where I
0: just felt like he didn't have so much to say. He just yeah. was like, yeah, okay, let's do another. Yeah, but the found footage Zoppy movie was very clever. Uh, Surprisingly, I thought, so. like I really it,
1: liked it. It worked a lot of weird angles. Or, well, we'll yeah, we'll talk that. about that one later. Yeah, uh, now, this one, but also, but our main, our, our main star, we we. In uh, talking about her because she is also incredible. And this is Caroline, Caroline Williams, or Caroline Williams, playing Stretch, <laughs> the DJ. Mm-hmm. She's so good. I, I, I've never really seen her in much of anything else, but she's incredible in this. Oh, she's in a bunch of things, actually. Mm-hmm. You know nothing that exciting. Gotcha. I, I've never I've I, I've heard of the legend of Billie Jean, but I've never seen it. But That's she's also Twitter. in a yes, uh, but she's in Leprechaun Three, Stepfather Two, Days of Thunder, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, whole bunch of TV and stuff. But uh, hey, it, it pops up here and there. Yeah, apparently she has a cameo in Texas Chainsaw Three. Oh, all right. Well, we'll have to keep an uh,
0: eye out for that. that. Mm-hmm. That's something to we'll look forward to. Um, But we also um, Besides the movie itself Uh Part of this is talking about The context of horror At the time that it came out Yeah And it came out At a major turning point in
1: horror Well The The this was, this had to, like, studios had to have realized at this point that they were making money on them. Oh, absolutely. They, they, horror had, like, we're,
0: we're post-Halloween. Yeah. Halloween kicked the door open hard, then you started getting all sorts of knockoffs, and then just horror in general was having a massive boom, not just because of that, but because of home video. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah. straight to video horror... Ha- was starting to happen but it wasn't so much straight to video as we can make a movie knowing we can sell it to the video market yeah. as long as it's played a theater mm-hmm. and we're at the cusp of straight to video like shot on VHS horror starting to happen um, to I'd say mixed results but there's not much of a mix a lot of it's pretty awful thanks to God that
1: one week that one week on Joe Bob was oh, yeah. like, this uh, things
0: and sledgehammer yeah. and yeah. and I yeah I've seen a lot of it thanks to
1: Mondo Baltimore. How's New York Ninja? Oh, it's phenomenal. I'll lend it to you. It's just phenomenal. Oh. Oh, no, that's good. That's good. Between the weather and I had a bad day that day and... Like in retrospect, well, like I saw the pictures on Instagram, I was like, oh, thank god I didn't mm-hmm. go. I was not ready, I was barely ready for normal Mondo Baltimore, but like a big thingy. Yeah, this is this is a super so, uh, Mondo Baltimore has
0: been mentioned on the podcast before. It's a monthly screening series I'm a part of here mm-hmm. in Baltimore, it's pretty great. And we show a lot of these 80s and 90s, like action films, horror films, stuff like that. And New York Ninja is one. This company, Vinegar Syndrome, who does a lot of, like, uh, remasters and re-releases... Six-String
1: Samurai um, on 4K. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) They were... Apparently, they bought a palette that included a bunch of film canisters, some of which included a complete movie that had never been finished. Like, I say complete in that, as far as they know, all the footage was there, Hmm. but no sound and no script. What is this? New York Ninja. Oh, Jesus! They had all of the visuals and nothing else. They didn't understand the storyline or whatever, so they've they hired lip readers to figure out yes. what the dialogue yes. likely was. Yes. Hired '80s action stars like and uh, cult stars like Michael Dudikoff, Michael Berryman, uh, Cynthia Rothrock, Ginger Lynn yes. to do the voices. Oh, I have and, no idea. Yeah, they've rebuilt this movie, composed a new score. The ending credits are basically anyone who worked on the restoration because they don't know who these people are that are in this movie. <laughs> they, they've tried to find them, there was no what? paperwork, they had no script, they had no information. And so they figured out they had enough clearance to be able to put it out there with public statements of, please let us know if you were involved in this movie, we would love to talk to you.
1: This is like the movie equivalent of like Instagram or or Tumblr, where it's like, I really like this piece of art. If this is yours, let me know so I can give you credit.
0: Right. That's this, except it's a restoration company basically finding a very Canon Films-esque movie. Mm. After going to the canon offices, like, 30 years later, knocking down a wall and finding a print, and having no clue what to do with it except fix it and put it out. Now I wish I had gone. Yeah. (laughs) But all that aside, so (laughs) turning point in horror... Yeah. The mid-'80s is when horror started to really just be funny. Yeah. Before Texas Chainsaw Mask before let's say '86, mm-hmm. there were definitely horror comedies. I mean, you yeah. have Abbott and Kel- Costello Meet Frankenstein, oh, sure, and all those. But those are comedies with touches of horror. Agreed. You have movies that are horror movies that occasionally have some levity here and there. They have a funny
1: character. For instance, uh, I'm looking at the uh, horror movies came- that came out in 1985, Friday mm-hmm. Night. I was that was top of my list. No, I'm sorry, I jumped. To- oh no, no, I'm just glad I was top. List too. Also, Life Force by Toby Hooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to see another funny any funny ones. Ironically, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 was 1985, but there's nothing funny about that movie. No. Or at least intentional. Oh, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. That, that's another big funny one. Mm-hmm. The Stuff by Larry Cohen, but Larry Cohen's stuff has always been like hard satire. satire. Yeah. You know, and and fault with yeah. the uh, yeah. horror elements. But yeah.
0: But this movie came out the same year as the movie where I think it officially like got its footing and pivoted uh, Friday the 13th part 6. That was 86, right?
1: That is 86.
0: And Friday the 13th part 6 yes. is first off the first Friday the 13th to be supernatural. Yep. It's also a comedy in the costume of a horror movie. That movie doesn't really go for scares. It just goes for extreme violence, extreme violence and laughs. But you're not watching the movie to be terrified with occasional breaks from it. You're watching basically a fun park ride. Yes. And that was new. Yeah, that wasn't really happening, and I don't think that movie gets that credit. It gets credit as being one of the best Fridays.
1: Yeah, oh, but it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Before F- Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, you did not have this massive part of what horror is now where the movie is generally supposed to be just as funny as it is scary. Yeah. You're, I mean, from your frighteners to your scream to your... Like, you can have scary scenes and funny scenes Mm -hmm. working hand in hand. Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that they took their cue from Friday the 13th Part 6. No, but... What I'm saying is it opened the door and it let people know this is something we want to see. Yes. And a lot of people took it and ran with it and were probably inspired by like ripples out of that over the years but horror now is very oh it has to have humor
1: like equal parts of humor
0: when a horror movie doesn't have humor and it just commits to being scary it stands out people talk about it like you know like, a grand revelation. Yeah. And that's even with a lot of these,
1: like, stuff like Hereditary and Midsommar I, being I, funny I, movies. I showed my friend Hereditary for the first time last night. Mm-hmm. He's just been texting me all day complaining. It's like, she's lurking in every shadow. She's in my brain. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's going to last a while. Yeah. And, like... I will say Midsommar is
0: the funnier movie, especially the director's cut. The director's cut is yeah. just legitimately a funny movie that uh, has some uncomfortable stuff. I don't.
1: I have a, I, I have I, a dark I, sense of humor. I, but, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on yeah, that. But, fair enough. You know.
0: But I will say Hereditary. Yeah. The name is a pun. Because yes. what happens? Well,
1: it's, you know. Her head you, hit a tree.
0: I hate something. No, I hate it, you so it's much. right there. I hate you so much. Don't hate me.
1: I didn't come up with the pun. Well, you know, you're 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 you know continuing it. Yeah, no. we're here to inform people. <laughs> no, the next year, eighty-seven, we get Evil Dead Two, and uh, I mean, arguably one of the funniest horror movies ever made, Jaws the Revenge, <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> <laughs> featuring no, TV's yeah.
0: Sunny Spoon.
1: Because like even stuff like um, like American Werewolf in London was in nineteen eighty one, and well, I I argue that that is one of the most perfect horror comedies. It is. You are like part of what makes a perfect horror comedy is you don't know how you're supposed to react, and right. so it kind of keeps being scary Uh, your point is very sound where it's like and now we're just like we know this is not going to scare you right so let's have fun with it yeah like I said
0: horror comedies had existed and there is always you know but reanimator reanimator but those are okay we have our horror and we have our comedy but it's Uh like a Neapolitan ice cream Whereas from Jason Six forward, oh, this is a horror movie, but it's not scary. No, no. Like, not. we're not here to frighten you. We're here to give you fun horror. Yeah. Also, and, uh,
1: 1987, the year after this, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, the first one where Freddy legitimately starts making jokes.
0: Yes. Mm. And that's, again, there was something... Again, I don't want to necessarily say people were inspired by Six, but Just that there was something it. in the culture that I feel like that's the first time it really like Slumber Party Massacre 2, 1987. And that absolutely falls into what I'm saying. Yes, that it movie does. does not try to scare
1: you at all that and is it is wonderful. Also, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Silly. Garbage Day. Yep. That man was that man is
0: amazing. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. But yeah, you look at the late 80s into the early 90s and... Fun. Like, Shocker. Shocker is a comedy. <laughs> yeah, we, Well, no. The second half of Shocker is a comedy. The first half is grim as hell.
1: Yeah. God, Shocker... It's you such know, a weird it, flip. It is the weirdest movie he made. Like, and this is a, a career... Wes Craven's career had both The Serpent and the Rainbow and The People Under the Stairs. But I, I would argue that Shocker is just, pound for pound, the weirdest just single movie he made. Well, it's because it's almost half
0: of each of the other it, two that it, you mentioned. It's like, yeah. okay, we're going to be really upsetting, disturbing, unrelenting, <clears throat> now, let's go
1: complete like daffy-daffy. Dennis Daffy. Leary as a televangelist. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so tonally bananas. Yeah. But, interesting. As opposed to the, uh, the Jass Whedon version of Justice League, which, yes, it's totally, totally inconsistent, but who cares? Like, I don't know why I brought that up. I well, just hate the Justice League movies. Yeah. Anyway.
0: And I wouldn't call it Shocker totally inconsistent. I would call it manipulative. <sighs> I would say it, he basically wanted to give you the scary stuff up front. Yeah. The, you know, the serial killer, the murderer, the mm-hmm. grief, the yeah. like. Really the weird, treat it tree, realistic tree as hard as yeah. you can, and then we're gonna turn it into a giant cartoon so that when you leave the theater, you've had a good time, and you tell your friends yeah. to see it. They go, they get scared, then they have the good time. He's giving you. Just a very long fun cooldown after Having just such a bleak, bleak first half.
1: Yeah. Having your cake and eating it too. Yeah.
0: It's like the any, different. Any
1: movie that successfully like any, any filmmaker who can successfully make you care or and or empathize with uh, oh god, what was his name? Michael Doherty? Um the uh the dad. Oh, God. Um, damn it, what's it? it. It's, it's Michael something. But he Not, always plays a shit in every single movie. He's so good at it. But you care about him at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. God damn it. I'm looking it up. Shocking. Yeah. Man.
0: So anyway, yeah, I feel like Texas Chainsaw 2 hit at this same time, and I don't know Michael when, Murphy.
1: Michael, yeah. okay. He, he was in The He He's in his own text, do Yeah. Remember.
0: Yeah, and so with Texas Chainsaw Two, he's, it's a he's horror the Baron comedy.
1: Baron Batman Returns. Oh my God! Right?
0: Wow! He is. Oh God! But anyway. But yeah, this is this is a horror comedy. It's
1: time to start having fun.
0: It's. Some of the funny stuff is absolutely gut-busting. And unfortunately, there's
1: also some gut-busting for some incredibly graphic stuff. Yeah. And what's fun is that, we'll we'll talk more about it next week, but you can see... How much the next one, uh, Leatherface, the te- colon, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, is them overcompensating to try to go in reverse because they didn't like the comedy direction? Yeah, and they were worried about it. but, yeah. but that'll be next week. We should yeah. watch this movie now. Right,
0: we'll go into it. But in the meantime, discuss amongst yourselves.
1: Yep. Um, which will be like what a two second clip, and yeah, then exactly. we're back. Just you know, you should take just enough time to get some sweet barbecue, and then join us for the for. Uh, Mm-hmm. The next, for the next half.
0: Yeah, not necessarily Farmer Vincent's Fritters, but, no, 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 you know, no, no, no. any any of your favorite roadside attractions.
1: Yeah, boo. Roadside. So we're back. Yeah, that movie's still great. Yeah. I, 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 I like this one better than the first one, if I'm being Same. honest. It's just yeah. more fun and terrible and horrible. in all of the ways it intended to be (laughs) exactly in all of the good ways so we start with, like, another, uh, like, the tradition is it start, starts off with, like, title crawl and some deep-voiced guy explaining what's going on. And this time, it, like, the first one is Chandler Cat pretending to be Orson Welles. This one, it just feels borderline sarcastic, the guy talking. It's like, yeah. yeah, these things are happened and stuff. You should take this seriously. This is a very serious work of
0: fiction that goes completely batshit almost immediately.
1: Yeah. It's kind of... The is kind of like a Harrison Ford's voiceover in Blade Runner where it's mm-hmm. just like, I'm doing it sarcastically. So, Harrison Ford doing a voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. I still think the voiceover works better than they thought it would have. Yeah. Well, it just becomes a different... Well, we're, not, yeah, that's, we're not doing Blade Runner right now. Yeah.
0: Um, so... Yeah. They we, set us up for this very serious tone because the first one was not played for laughs even though hooper has said both of them are comedies the first one's just not a comedy (laughs) no and this one there is
1: funny stuff in it but a lot of it is definitely playing for some scares yeah Yeah, no, it's so good. So we find out that, uh, like, Sally got away, and uh, she ended up in a mental hospital because, well, you know, she survived. Yeah, Uh, that's a lot to come back from. It is, but that uh, random murders keep happening all throughout Texas, and uh, even though the police will not admit it, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is still going on. Uh, Then we
0: cut to uh, two... Bro dipshits yeah. with a FAH, F-A-H, space Q, license plate, which wouldn't pass muster these days. But no. at the time, I'm sure. It's kind of funny. Uh, you know, if you're a douchebag. Yeah, and yeah. these guys are definitely douchebags. I couldn't uh, tell. Were they, like, high school guys, or were they actually full-on frat guys? I yeah. think they were frat guys, mm-hmm. um... They definitely came for money because they had a car phone and they're calling the r- local radio station yeah. to make all sorts of snide jokes and inappropriate comments and the kind of stuff you'd expect from
1: yeah. douche bros. And it's like the guy that's driving is doing the calling because the, uh, the guy in the passenger seat is too busy shooting anything that he Mm -hmm. sees with his revolver. Like, he's shooting every single mailbox and sign that they come across. But, uh, man, they keep calling in to Stretch at KOKLA. Right up there, just over the line in Oklahoma. Indeed. And uh, Stretch is played by Carolyn Williams and she's great throughout the whole thing. She's just Mm -hmm. adorable and, you know... It and like an exhausting leggy.
0: performance. It
1: is, but she's very leggy. Yeah, uh, just to start with, but they have her in these Daisy Dukes throughout the whole thing. That's mm-hmm. just uh, wonderful. But it's just it seems to be just her and her engineer, LG. Yeah. In the radio station, twenty four hours a day. Yeah, they even have a sign off and then start playing more
0: music. Yeah. Although I think that was just more in house stuff. I, I think at midnight they played the fanfare
1: and then just had work music going yeah I, I think it's more of a like like we they sign off in terms of djs but like there's no dead air yeah just put a loop on or something yeah but so uh, uh like uh so the two idiots call up in the afternoon but then they call up again in the evening and this time uh while they're on the phone they Get uh, challenged to a race by a weird pickup truck. Well, it's um,
0: it's not so much that they're directly challenged. Oh, they're playing chicken. They in the in the daytime they're playing chicken against a random pickup truck, run them off the road, mm-hmm. and then that evening that pickup truck shows back up and
1: it guess it, who they picked? Is it is it, it is the same pickup truck? Same pickup. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. them coming Most back stuff. for them. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, so this time around. This weird skeleton comes at, or, uh, corpse. Yeah, Cor- corpse yeah but a at. very dried-out corpse. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Pops up holding a chainsaw and swinging at him. Yeah. And starts chopping at their car, cuts through the, uh, cloth roof very
1: easily, because well, cloth and chainsaw. Yeah, it's a convertible. And all the while, uh, Oingo Boingo's No One Lives Forever is playing mm-hmm. in the background, and they are on the, they are on the phone with Stretch at KO. KLA okay, because and i've never understood this and i've never bothered to look up why but anytime somebody calls into the radio station stretch can't hang up on them like there's something about like the fo- the, the phone line that for, like they can't like they can't end the call on their own the caller has yeah. to hang up yeah i don't understand that i mean it's contrived it, it's a re- like it creates a reason where uh Stretch has to keep listening to, like, these two guys being killed and then has a recording of it for later plot purposes. But uh, after uh, one lucky shot at the uh, the corpse... Uh, gets it right in the head. Gets it right in the head, sla- uh, flailing about with the, with the chainsaw. It turns out this was all an elaborate Cirque du Soleil uh, marionette, and it was Leatherface the entire time. Mm-hmm. I love that Leatherface was incognito. Yeah. In disguise. Well, Leatherface wears a leather, you know, a leather human skin
0: mask. Mm -hmm. Like, costuming is part of it. Exactly. Yeah, now this time around, Leatherface typically wears a dress-up shirt and a tie, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the cross-dressing of the first one. No makeup on the... He wasn't... Well, it
1: depends on your... He never wore ladies... Or, no, he did wear... There was one... Well, he wears the apron in this... Yeah, the, the there was group. there was the there was the domestic dress. apron rather than the dress. butcher apron. Yeah, Negligible. He wears a woman's face in the first one, and so I think that and puts on make... his own makeup. Yeah,
0: I'm just saying they have said in over the years that it was intentional that Leatherface was somewhat cross dressing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, and it'll come up in one of the sequels, but <laughs> um, but yeah, this one
1: it's you know. Just nice tie. And well, a jacket. Yeah. Well, he wears a jacket for like the first half, and then once we get into, you know. The hell pit. Uh, he he's just wearing the tie, and the uh, the the button down shirt. But so these guys get killed in spectacular fashion because Tom Savini's doing the makeup on the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love like the the like uh, there's a big commotion of action and then like the uh, the guy that's in the passenger seat is reacting and he looks over and there's the driver has this horrific diagonal gash on his head and he's like flailing because you know his skull's about to fall off. Yeah. Which Uh,
0: And this is after they have a chase. um, The pickup truck tries to corner them by a bridge. They speed off. The pickup truck drives backwards. Yeah. And they're pace to pace around the camera uh, at least once or twice. Mm -hmm. Like some very nice stunt driving on this bridge. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. uh, Gets him. Car goes off the side of the road and... Or the aftermath later, they both dead. No,
1: missing too. And missing. The bodies are missing, and apparently did not have a lot of meat on them. But we'll, we'll nah, get to that later. But, not so much. But, <laughs> but at the the wreckage, we get introduced to Lieutenant Lefty and Right, mm-hmm. uh, played by the inimitable Dennis Hopper, and he is some non-specific Texas law branch. Uh, no, he was a ranger. Uh, did they find they, out they say he's a ranger? They say okay. he's a ranger. Okay, that,
0: that makes more sense. Uh, no official car, no badge, no mm-hmm. anything like that. But he is at least saying that he's a ranger, yeah. which um, he says periodically to... Um, Stretch? Stretch. Uh, he calls her sister, and then when, uh, towards the end of the movie, um, finds... We're jumping around, but hopefully you've seen this. uh, Finds Franklin from the first film in his wheelchair in their circus of madness, and calls him brother, which makes her uncle though. I think. He, he's their uncle He's a, he's family Which yeah. makes me wonder If he is actually A lawman
1: or not and, Or just posing as one To track them down With his own vendetta I think he was A lawman Officially at some point Because you have That one uh, State police detective Talking to him Right. He never shows any sort of official documentation. No, but he does. No, the the other guy provides it. He he refers to him. He talks about the about Dennis Hoffer's entire police history. So he had to have been a cop at some point. He may not be at this point, but uh, then yeah, later it turns out that he's actually um, or actually no, I think the guy even touches on it there that he is uh, Franklin and Sally's uncle. Gotcha. Okay. is uh, He is on a vendetta, but no, he doesn't have a badge. He's not driving a uh, like any sort of uh, uh, official car with lights or sirens or anything. Which yeah, there's a lot of and everything else he does is completely sketchy and awful. And mm. uh, he does dethrone Danny Glover in my eyes as the worst cop in a horror movie. Yeah. Which you know. Danny At least the,
0: the worst maybe. cop,
1: who is supposed to be on the side of good. No, Danny Glover <laughs> was still there. No, he, yeah, yeah. He well, Danny Glover was supposed to be on the good good side. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like,
0: not a cop who is the villain. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like a maniac cop.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> it's it's a fine hair to split, but I thought it was impl- it was inferred that it's like clearly the bad guy. If he's the bad guy of the movie, he's not a good guy.
0: It's always so hard to tell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, yeah. All right. So, on the wreckage of the car, they find, uh, he finds, which I had never noticed before, nor yeah. apparently you, yeah, me uh, neither. the symbol in blood that was on the side of the van in the first one.
1: Yeah. It's either the same symbol or just something similar in terms of, mm-hmm. like, marking the car with blood, which... Uh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, and that I think that marking was what
0: clued him in that, yo, this is them.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah. And uh, so he gets permission from the local constabulary to uh, keep hunting down hit whatever leads he wants. And uh, this is all taking place on the weekend of, like, a big college football game. It was A&M and OSU. Sounds right. Sure. <laughs> uh, that went right in one ear and out the other.
0: <laughs> College football game.
1: That's completely fair. So. Yeah. And the same weekend as a major regional chili cook-off. Indeed. And so just a lot of things happening. And so it turns out Stretch and LG are covering the chili cook-off, which is taking place in the same hotel that Lefty is apparently having some sort of lost weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking
0: not... Heineken, fuck Heineken. Paps But also, it looked like he was just straight into the whiskey, but yeah. I wanted to mention the Paps because uh, we had mid-movie remembered another major Dennis Hopper <laughs> performance from the exact same year that I can't believe I forgot for sure, yeah. uh, Blue Velvet.
1: Yeah, that should have been the uh, before I even, even if I'm joking about Super Mario Brothers being one of my favorite Dennis Hopper performances. Yeah, should have talked about Blue Velvet first. Yeah, uh, so yeah, it's yeah. Been, two in one year. Damn,
0: that might be his best year. An argument could be made. Yeah, because uh, Super Mario was 92-ish, yeah. And Speed, which we also mentioned, was 94. Yo. Yep. So,
1: anywho, Anyhow. So, Stretch, Okay, and this is where it gets kind of weird, because, like, Dennis Hopper's character is supposed to be really gung-ho about hunting down uh, the the... Leatherface family and Stretch comes in with evidence of it and he just he doesn't even give her it's more than he's just giving her the bum's rush he doesn't even hold take the tape he doesn't believe he's not even trying at all he he immediately shoves every
0: every possible opportunity to investigate this back it's a tape of the phone call where they get killed on the road with the sound of a chainsaw yeah that's
1: a big lead I feel like it's a clue
0: yeah, uh but he just wants no part of it no part of it get lost get out of here. I'm doing this on my own. Yeah.
1: And so they go down and they cover the cook off and, and the winner of the the winner of which is local texas barbecue magnate drayton sawyer who we recognize as the gas station barbecue jerk from the first movie Mm -hmm. and also now we have a name for the family the sawyers get it the sawyers yeah well the sawyers is family the saw the sawyer is family but yeah, Drayton Sawyer, and man, the years, like, he doesn't look physically changed at all, but he is, like, markedly more ornery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Sidow. But he's great. Everything, There is no. there are no subtle performances in this film.
0: Yeah, everybody's playing towards to the back seats. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It, it's fantastic. So. Yeah. He wins the chili cook-off contest even despite a piece of hard corn <laughs> that, it, that somebody finds in it. Not a tooth those, at all. Uh,
1: it's one of those hard shell peppercorns. It's not yeah. a tooth. But he took it was a tooth. You're hilarious. You're hilarious. Yeah. But so, and then like, like there's officially scenes that are deleted from the copy that we've got. Like notably, uh, Joe Bob Briggs has a cameo or shot a cameo that was cut out of the film. But just the whole sequence is weird because it's like. Dennis Hopper's gung-ho about finding the Sawyer family. And then the next scene, something has happened, like a newspaper article's been published that Stretch references that makes him some sort of laughingstock, and now he's drinking himself to death in a hotel room. Uh, Stretch leaves him, goes down to cover the chili cook-off, and then uh, they go back, uh, Stretch and LG go back to the, uh, the radio station uh, Sawyer uh, gets a phone call from people from people we'll find out later about the radio tape or no, 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 that's later okay, so Stretch, hold on, hold on uh, so Stretch, uh, Stretch leaves and then uh, Lefty goes to buy chainsaws yeah. and then somehow beats Stretch back to the radio station, but before that Man, this chainsaw store. Mm-hmm. This chainsaw store is amazing. The CutRight chainsaw store, loaded with
0: every kind of chainsaw you would need, in a part of Texas that by
1: all exterior shots tells you, you probably don't sell a lot of these. No, it's a uh, and it's just a chainsaw store. There's yeah. like it's not a hardware store that has an extensive chainsaw collection. Mm-hmm. There's like, not a there's not a jar of mints from the Knights of Columbus on the counter. There's no Nothing. Nothing. And like I like the like little detail of the guy, the, the guy running the store has to turn on the lights of every room that Dennis Hopper goes in because mm. you know we can't afford the electricity because like the uh, the mar- the profit margin is that thin because again all they sell is chainsaws in a very very treeless part of Texas. Yes, and so uh, Dennis Hopper correctly assumes that the only way to fight fire is with fire. Mm-hmm. And so he buys a big chainsaw and then two handheld chainsaws. Mm-hmm. And I love the whole sequence where like he takes them outside to test them out and starts going <coughs> ape on this tree trunk. And the guy that ran right in the store is just watching in the background and he's just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And at first
0: just, <laughs> first just kind of a little bit concerned, then a little amused, then really into it.
1: Yep, yeah, he is into it. It's going to be so good. But so, yeah, so somehow Lefty beats Stretch back to the radio station because this is all happening in the same day. Her clothes did not change.
0: He might have watched Game of Thrones where she read it so the travel
1: time is a little bit more applicable. Great. A Game of Thrones joke. How relevant. And we record these way in advance. Fucking hate you. Uh, And so we begin, so we begin, like, the horrible, horrible plan of Lieutenant Lefty Enright, which, uh, step one, and <sighs> convince Stretch to keep playing the tape of the murder on the air Mm -hmm. despite Stretch explaining that this is probably going to violate a lot of FCC rules. Uh, Yeah, it's
0: basically every reason not to do it. Uh, The workaround is that somebody did technically put in a request and they have to play requests.
1: Yeah, yeah, even if it's a snuff audio tape.
0: Yeah, and the station's getting complaints all day, but hey, don't we get request complaints all the time Anyway, it's all right, sure, clever. sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, it works. Yeah. It fits the thing. It's um,
1: it's not the only stretch in the movie. But they never discuss what the next step is. Profit. Like, profit, exactly. And uh, so Lefty leaves, uh, stretches as good as her word, and that's when Drayton Sawyer gets the call. Mm-hmm. There, and he uh, sends the minions to go check it out. And we get introduced to one of the greatest thing, greatest bits of this movie, Chop Top, played by Bill Mosley. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. Yeah.
0: Uh, sitting there waiting in the lobby of the radio station while LG's off uh, getting coffee or something. Coffee. Yeah. And uh, Stretch comes out. He's there to want a tour of the radio station. Oh, my God, I've never been in a real radio station before. And so she gives him the tour of, oh, here's a Rolodex, and here's a lamp, here's a, you know, shark alley type type thing, um, and just goes around the table and the desk, and oh, and there's the exit sign, tour's over, sorry, gotta go the whole time he keeps holding a lighter up to a uh, coat hanger hook
1: and scratching at his head and then putting it in his mouth yeah he's wearing a uh, sunny bono Beatles mop top type wig he's in like this full hippie outfit like with this purple tie dye uh, long sleeves shirt fringed vest bell bottoms and everything like John Lennon glasses, sunglasses and he's got this like, it's clearly a wig and he keeps sticking he keeps like sterilizing this coat hanger and sticking it under the wig mm-hmm. and eating what he finds yeah
0: um, and <sighs> he keeps talking in half groovy hippie terms <laughs> and half Vietnam flashback type yeah. terms uh, definitely served which is probably why he was absent during the first film I love that yeah.
1: like, I love that little idea that he's the, he was either in Nam or at the VA yeah. getting stuff done yeah <laughs> including the metal plate in his skull what?
0: Uh, Because as he's threatening Stretch, uh, light comes on from the records room and outruns Leatherface, chainsaw blazing, and swings hard and right in the head gets
1: Chop Top. You have to understand, it had been the same shot like three times in a row where Stretch is standing in front of this uh, darkened room and it's just she is going back and forth with Chop Top trying to like you know calmly get him to go away mm-hmm. and he's not really threatening her he's just not leaving yeah and just being weird and then the minute he turns the light on in the darkened room that we've been looking at for like five minutes mm-hmm. wham, as loud as anything this fucking chainsaw and Leatherface comes out yeah Patrick and- jumped yeah. <laughs> I've seen this movie
0: a couple times, but it's a good gag. It is a good gag. And I know that it's not her that gets it. It's Chop Top gets hit oh, in the head. Man. Um
1: then damn it, leather, you dented my plate. Yep, right in the metal plate he has from his service. Yeah, he has, like, like once the wig is removed, we see that, like, he's fairly bald all over, but he is missing, like, a good 30% of his scalp. Yeah, his bald spot has a bald spot. Yeah, and it's just this gigantic metal plate, which, for the rest of the movie, does have the chainsaw groove right mm-hmm. into it. And then the chasing You begins. cooked my brains! Oh, Ugh. God yeah. damn it, Leather! Get that bitch hog!
0: So she runs into this one part of the radio station with a giant sliding metal door. It looks like a freezer door.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the radio
0: station. And okay. she, uh... She puts On, like, the down. third
1: floor of this building.
0: Yeah. What well, a beast to get up the steps. Oh, God. Oh, and there's no bottom floor. There is just a third floor, and... Well, there it, is a sign saying, Gun Shop. Oh. So, the I first floor that. may be the gun shop. Gotcha. But, yeah. But, yeah, to get to the radio station, see. the front door is three—is the third flight up, so... Yeah, it's brutal. Uh, she hides out for as long as she can, knowing they're out there. Um, and LG shows back up with a coffee, unbeknownst to her.
1: Yeah, that, that is actually kind of an interesting plot point, how she doesn't know what's going on with LG uh, because she's in a different room for most of the time. But um, uh, Billy, is, is it Billy Johnson his name? I think Bill, Billy Johnson is playing Leatherface this time around. Bill Johnson, excuse me. Uh, he, they, they, they had approached Gunnar Gunner Hansen about reprising the role because uh, he was the only person from the original movie, or the, the only other person from the original movie to answer the phone. Yeah. Because uh, so many people just wanted to bury that part of their lives. But they only wanted to play, pay Gunnar scale plus 10%, which is like the 10% that would have covered the his agent. Yeah. And so he said no. Fair. So Bill Johnson is here and he, he feels like he he's big enough for the part and everything and he has better bits later in the film, but I hate the way he ch- runs around and chases her. Yeah because it ends up turning like he'll be going after her and then he'll stop in the middle of it and do like this he'll raise the chainsaw above his head and do this little cha-cha dance Mm -hmm. and it looks like an NES boss you know it's like this is the power to the pattern where you can get your hit in Mm because you know you have to have a chance Yeah, but it was like so weird just and goofy and repetitive, and
0: I mean, some of it's what he's given to do, but some yeah. of it is just—it's not a menacing dance. No. Though they <laughs> try to work to humanize and sympathize him throughout the
1: film, they do a little bit, like as he is smitten with Stretch, and or Stretch is trying to use feminine wiles to get out of this, but well, combination of the two. Yeah, for, yeah. Uh, and there's just a lot of phallic imagery with you know a what four foot long chainsaw. Uh-huh. Can get pretty uncomfortable. Caution warning for it, anybody. It just keeps going closer, like higher and higher into her crotch. Mm. And I don't like it at all. I don't like no, it. No, 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 no. It is a bad bad. it's so it's so tense and terrifying. But yeah, in the middle of that, um LJ comes back with the coffees, and Leatherface seems to psychically know that that's happening because he appears downstairs to help uh, uh, Chop Top go after LG. Yeah, well, he was also frustrated because he was not able yeah, to get yeah, through yeah. the metal door. You're absolutely
0: right. Uh, and Chop Top just starts hammering away
1: at LG. He hits him in the head like 27 times. Yeah. And LG's not dead somehow yeah just over and over it's and, so and
0: over again they really no I'm with not gonna claw do it hammer
1: you make another fucking joke
0: I stopped myself good
1: good so Leatherface manages to uh you know go back upstairs sort of flirt with Stretch and then he kinda just lets her live
0: yeah he lies about killing her uh they leave take
1: LG with them and then Stretch makes the worst decision of her life Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. follows them because Lefty has not shown up and apparently they did not discuss what the plan was. Yeah. And so, like, with no other choice, she's like, they can't get away. And so she follows them back to Battleland, this uh, decommissioned I mean Texas amusement park. Of some sort. Like, no real rides or anything, but it's a whole bunch of, like, tunnels and Christmas lights. Yeah, and a lot of Alamo imagery yeah. and stuff like that. And is uh, the most direct analog to what... Dan Aykroyd was trying to build with a uh, Vulcanvania in nothing but trouble. Mm-hmm. And, <sighs> and then their underground lair
0: is. I know Rob Zombie has said that the first Texas Chainsaw was his inspiration
1: for like House of a Thousand Corpses and all. Mm-hmm. It's this one. It, really it is, is far and away this one. Yeah. Like, there's no there's an inherent silliness to house of a thousand corpses Mm -hmm. that is great i love it so much but yeah no there's no cinema like i i I could buy that devil's rejects was supposed to be more like uh texas Chainsaw the first right not perfectly one-to-one but definitely the tone make matches a lot more in that one in terms of uh, treatment of violence, because... No, actually, Devil's Rejects is really silly, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It. Like, yeah. he... As much as he says it, this is
0: the one that inspires him. Yeah. He likes the bad. concept overall, and the, I guess, shared universe of the two, but... Yeah, the first one, not a lot, too. Not a lot of it in his
1: stuff. And no. No. And which is not a knock. It's just... No, just... Yeah. yeah. It's what it is. But, yeah. So... Uh, Stretch makes it there, and uh, gets out of her car, and then is immediately being pursued by another car, not the pickup truck that Chop Top and Leatherface are in. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's running terrified from that. And then, as of course, it turns out to be Lefty, but Lefty is making no attempt to identify himself and maybe like come up with the plan. Mm-hmm. And then she falls and his headlights
0: on close enough behind her, she can see both cars, which makes you wonder how the other car didn't see the headlights in the dark. Chop
1: Top and Leatherface are really dumb. This is true. I mean, very dumb, very distractible. It's kind of like uh, they are, they, they really do feel like Yakko and Wacko Warner. That's fair. This is what happens when there's no dot. They get, the, ah. they're very ineffective at getting things done. Um... But, yeah, so Stretch falls down a hole the minute she's supposed to be rescued by Lefty. Yeah. yeah.
0: Completely random hole. Not triggered by anything or any of that. Just it's drops into a pit. Um, yeah. And she then all drops, drops into, in.
1: like, another pit and then another pit and then another pit.
0: Well, before she drops all the way, she's hanging on for dear life. Lefty uh. Uh, tries to give her a hand. Ugh. And, I'll allow that one. Yeah. Because, yeah, he grabs the closest stick he can find that actually is an arm. And the wrist gives out. Down Jumping. she goes. And as he's holding the arm, like, oh, shit. Oh, God. And looks over and sees that it's an arm. And the elbow just bends down, like, wah,
1: wah. Yeah lefty sucks yeah lefty just sucks but um, so
0: but yeah she tumbles all the way down this it, tunnel it goes down forever. a this curly slide through a floor through another
1: floor um it's like the mine from temple of doom like kinda. it just keeps going and getting worse and more fiery yeah
0: but she's dropping through these things like alien acid blood.
1: Yeah. Well, it's all because it's an amusement park. Like, this is all... None of it's real. Or none of it's, like, you know... Up to code? Solid or up to code or anything. It's all just, you know, uh, paper mache and facade. Yeah. And so, yeah, she keeps falling through it. Ugh. And, and she finally... And <laughs> uh,
0: We would think. Yeah. But, yeah, she, um... Then she gets discovered by Leatherface, mm-hmm. uh, who agrees to help. Well, he's got he's got taking a shine to her. He's taking a shine to her. He's in the middle. He's in the middle of stripping the skin off of LG.
1: Yep, and which is good news because now he's got something to give her.
0: Yeah, a mask to hide. Uh, he puts LG's face on her, he puts LG's hat on her. Which does complete the
1: look, I hate to admit. Oh yeah, it's like, oh now I see, yeah. you know, it's like yeah, Superman it. without the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it, we're, this works better, this, this, I, I'm liking this. Mm-hmm. Terrible. <laughs> and, um, but like ties her arms
0: behind her back, and, and to a wall. Yeah. Then leaves her because he's got to go distract a family, at which point she tries to run. She realizes that she's tied to the wall. And then LG
1: wakes up. He's not dead yet. How? He's missing. Like he's been <laughs> flayed on one arm and, and one part of his, his chest, and his, his face has been removed. This and this is after the twenty-seven hammer blows. And he can still spit on the floor, which oh, is something Spitting is so he
0: did so constantly, did just on the so floor good. of the radio station
1: in the building. Like mm-hmm. yeah, ugh. But so somehow he manages to pull enough hand-eye coordination together to cut the ropes for a stretch, and give her a fighting chance. And God bless him! Like it, it, he he ends up, he like he finally realizes what she's what what's on her face, and starts having you know mental breakdown. But then just falls down. And his last words are just the resigned shit. Yeah. And that's fair. Yeah, I I'm not judging him at all. Meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, Lefty has has uh suited up and is wearing like cross bandoliers for his uh, handheld uh, chainsaws and is carrying the big one in spouting phony baloney spiritual sounding uh, like scripture nonsense the entire yeah. time about like dragon popular back in Texas. To hell. yeah and I love like on like the straps that hold the smaller chainsaws he has like additional backup chains mm-hmm. like as if this is like real bandoliers and everything Thing.
0: Well, you pop a chain, you don't want to be without
1: Yeah, so he makes his way into like the, the, the first level sees a wall that appears to have blood leaking out of it, kicks it releasing a torrent of internal organs Uh-huh Like, for, like, 30 seconds, internal organs are slopping out of this hole, which was the exact moment that I realized I liked this movie better than the first one. (laughs) Uh, But at this point, he swears even more unholy revenge and starts chainsawing anything that looks like it might be load-bearing in the glorified cave that he is in. Yeah. He is awful at everything. Mm Mm-hmm. But so stretch is trying to figure out how to get out of this place and it's kind of neat like it's one of those situations where, where they uh, like when, like they say when you fall into a deep body of water or you know if you lose consciousness and wake up underwater, give yourself a second look at the bubble where the bubbles are going and then go that way like if you can't see underwater mm. you know, if, you, if it's dark, Honest to God, Stretch is looking around at anything, and nothing is giving her any indication of where safety might be. Yeah. Everything everything looks like an
0: escape and a trap at once. Yeah. And dark corners, dark hidey holes. So she's just scrambling for every possible a um, lot of chase
1: a lot of chase a lot of chase extended but we also get like we get a return of the uh, Toby Hooper fly on the wall stuff that I love because mm-hmm. like uh, like in previous films like uh, Eatin' Alive and Funhouse House and Texas Chainsaw Massacre the camera is the fly on the wall but in this time we kind of follow a stretch to like the far corner of a room where the Sawyers are just doing utter nonsense and then the camera kind of just keeps going and we follow this scene where like Drayton the cook is honest to god trying to run a business and all he has are Leatherface and Chop Top Mm -hmm. and Chop Top is like a bad Robin Williams impersonator it's just he's so obnoxious and horrible and Leatherface is Leatherface yeah Leatherface is the happy scrappy puppy yeah
0: um but going to kill you. He yeah. He, yeah. And so she, she runs, runs, runs. Um, they catch sight of her. Uh, they catch up to her. And Chop Toppy, or no, Creighton actually points out, like, that's the one that you said you killed. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're going to have to kill her twice today. And Leatherface gives <laughs> this extended comical double take of, I, uh, what? No, huh? It's so and, good. Yeah. It's so good. And... They just move on from it They don't punish him Or anything like that But they basically tell him You're gonna have to kill her Yeah you
1: fucked up I don't care if you're in love She's gotta die But if we're gonna kill some, if since we've got a girl, which we so rarely do, we have to present it to the patriarch of the family. Mm. Grandpa is somehow still alive, one hundred and thirty-seven years old, and somehow more lively now than in the first one, which actually makes him grosser and more scary. Yeah, I think it's that all-liquid diet they said they put him on. It keeps him fresh as roses.
0: Yeah. Uh, so they they revisit the hammer gag from the first one where grandpa can't hold the hammer, although this time yeah. in mean, the first one it's just it keeps dropping out of the hand, is he alive or not? But in this one he's trying to and he'll get it up towards his shoulder and then just drop it over the back or you know, he'll drop it just close to the pan. But it's some extended slapstick that and this one plays licking. funnier.
1: Yeah, and licking, getting a lot of spittle and everything. Yeah, we like, s- It's gross and mean, but it's definitely played much more funny this time. Yeah, we, 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 we forgot about two things. One, during all the chasing, it happens at least twice... Where Stretch almost makes it out, and then Lefty's perpetual sawing things traps her. Yep. At least twice, because, cannot stress this enough, Lefty is the worst cop. Yeah. And then uh, once uh, the cornering happens before uh, we bring her before Grandpa, we get... uh, drayton sawyer saying two of the best lines of the entire movie and then like you're basically presenting leatherface with the choice sex or the saw sex well nobody knows but the saw the saw's family Mm-hmm. leatherface makes the right choice yeah the saw's family um but yeah, and so then we get the uh, the grandpa scene. And then fucking finally Lefty actually connects with the Sawyer's. And God, he's still just terrible. Like, he doesn't even realize that Stretch is in mortal danger right there. She's already gotten hit in the head a couple of times with this check. Mm-hmm. Once with just, in the back of the neck. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Horrible
0: sledgehammer. But we've reestablished the hammer rules in this one. First movie, two mm. hits, you're done. Yeah. This one, apparently you can get at least 30 hits to the head with a hammer. And I have, like, a little bit of life left. Yeah, yeah. Just a bit. But so... Yeah, because, and again, mention it once or twice, this one is way more ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. This movie, like, it's a, it's essentially kind of a parody of everything people thought the first movie was without seeing it. Yes. Like, all of the gore, all of the maliciousness, all of the, like, if you listen to five people talk about how offensive the movie was that definitely hadn't seen it, that is the outline for this.
1: Yeah. And it works. It's great. Yeah. It's like, oh, you hate me because I made that movie. Well, I didn't make that movie. Fuck you, now I'm gonna. Yeah. But I'm gonna now. Mm Mm-hmm. So Dennis Hopper is spouting more pseudo religious nonsense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Drayton Sawyer thinks he's some Dennis Hopper is some sort of industrial espionage agent, which is like sent
0: to you from like either one of those organic farms or like like rival food truck.
1: Yeah, burrito uh, people. (laughs) Like honest to God, like I loved that there is intelligence there. Like Mm -hmm. he comes to the wrong conclusion, but it's like. What the hell else would you be down here yeah. for? Why are like you? The here? law never crosses his mind because oh. they've
0: never had a real problem with the law. No, well, they always keep giving them chili. Yeah, they give them chili or cash. He brought. He offers a bribe to him, <laughs> in a in with such confidence that it has clearly worked before.
1: Yeah, it's so good.
0: Not saying you know, subtle commentary or nothing. Of course, there is. It's a horror movie.
1: Yeah but uh no but it's fun like this was kind of nice like the intelligent bad guys like yeah. even if they're not you know like hannibal lecter guys they're still like with hellraiser like something you can reason with mm-hmm. possibly right because uh, like not even freddy like freddy's one of the smartest bad guys in all of horror films there is no reasoning with him yeah. because no. he is just here to kill you exactly i i, I don't I, I don't debate with things I murder. Yeah, why about? would you? That, that, that's silly. Yeah, don't play with your food kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Lefty manages to, uh, to cut through Stretch's bindings, and Stretch goes running off, you know, because what the hell else would you do? Mm-hmm. Chop Top follows her. Uh... Lefty manages to chainsaw Drayton's butt. Yep. <laughs> Real good. Real good. And oh, you
0: don't need to get me to the hospital.
1: Uh, at least took care of my hammies.
0: <laughs> That's what he
1: says. I know. Oh, God. And, so, and thus begins the uh, climactical chainsaw battle between Leatherface and Lefty, which, as much as I've hated Lefty throughout the entire film, it's it's, so it's, good. Fun. it's it's fun. It's so good that we're finally here. Chainsaw fight. Mm-hmm. Chainsaw fight. And it's pretty good. They go all over the room with these chainsaws. Oh, yeah. Yeah, again,
0: I mean, the fight choreography is, you know, with chainsaws, not easy to do. And they're not always running in every shot, and it's no. not always Hopper in every shot, clearly. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But um, it, it just cuts together really well. It does. And the set is so perfect for it. And it just as we works. mentioned before, like,
1: Hooper knows how to shoot a very, very pretty movie. The camera was really nice throughout this whole thing. Just, like, moving but not overly moving. Yeah. Like, just moving enough to be like, oh, you're here. You're part mm. of this. You're seeing it from a yeah. different
0: angle and stuff. Like, just enough movement to give you a sense of the space. Like, mm. it shifts a little bit so you can see how cavernous and unnavigable the entire place is. Mm-hmm. But not, like, zooming you through it, you know, crazy Samo cam style. Mm. Unless, like, during the chase scenes... Actually, in the chase scenes, it winds up being more stable on one person, even within the movement. Hey,
1: yeah, yeah. You know. No, 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 that's all correct. Uh, I agree completely. But, uh... So, while Leatherface and Lefty are chainsaw fighting, uh, Drayton is underneath the table that they're fighting on, looking for where he put that hand grenade because, you know, I think it's time. He had left it with the one corpse at the table. Nubbins. Nubbins. Yeah,
0: he pulls Nubbins' corpse down under the table with him to get the hand grenade. That is a weird shot. Uh
1: Uh-huh. And he's fumbling around with it. Um, Leatherface is losing the fight because even though, uh, like, he's managed to disarm... Lefty of the biggest chainsaw, but it was the cost of... That chainsaw is now embedded in his stomach. Throughout the back. Yeah, it's like, like. It's sticking out. It's pretty gross. But Leatherface is keeping on. Mm-hmm. And now Lefty is attacking with the two handheld guys. Yeah. But by this time, the... Uh, Lefty, or, uh, Drayden has mm-hmm. dropped the grenade, the grenade goes off, and that combined with Lefty's prior work, mm-hmm. uh, brings the whole place down, uh, but Stretch and Chop Top are still, or, Lefty, uh, Str- Stretch is still running up these stairs, uh, to one of the uh, the bigger, more ominous-looking attractions in, the, mm-hmm. in Battle Land, and uh, Chop Top is giving yeah. chase with his fucking straight razor, and he's yeah. not letting up at all.
0: Imagine uh, the nightmare version of like Smurf Mountain at Kings Dominion for those who've ever been there. Jesus, um, it's like it's a it's a clearly paper mache little like hilltop mountain thing. Yeah, except it just don't sit right.
1: No, there's like the steps look bad. The railing falls apart when you look at it. Stretch manages to make it all the way up to the top, and at the top, it's Grandma. What's left of her? There's a lot left. There's a there. lot left
0: <laughs> of her, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I would say the uh, the soul. Not so much. No. Now she is definitely far more withered than Grandpa, and. She's far
1: as we know, dead. She has to be dead. Well, and, she's and, definitely dead by the end of it. And she's holding a chainsaw, like, a la the Pieta. Mm-hmm. And uh, above her and uh, the chainsaw is this skeleton kind of hanging from the ceiling with, like, a welcoming gesture, like, here you go. Yeah. Here is the chainsaw. And uh, Chop Top finally catches up and has uh, two of the if not memorable in and of itself, lines memorable because uh Jeff and Scud the Disposable Assassin quotes them right Jeff the Plughead Monster speaks solely in movie and television quotes and uh we have a this is like a dead end dead end city is one of them and it's uh just like death eating a cracker Mm-hmm. as he is slicing his own throat with yeah. his straight razor. Just, but somehow,
0: just enough to bleed, not enough to uh, hit anything major. Ugh, um, ugh. And then he starts going back after her with the same razor. He was getting her in the legs and sometimes in the back on the chase up. <sighs> um, now she's trying to start the chainsaw for a good two
1: minutes yeah.
0: as he's just chopping away at her back.
1: This and like, is very reminiscent of uh, Sally getting slashed up towards right. the end of it. It's just, geez, just yeah, going Yeah, like, ape. threefold. Yeah, like no, it's she terrible Like, terrible. she's not
0: even running. She's just taking it to the back Yeah. while she pull, 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 pulls, finally gets it started. Yep. Yeah. Um, gets him in the gut, goes across the face, and then just basically shoves him back. And down he go, down the hill, down the tube, into the caverns. Which are presumably
1: on fire. Right. And then we just pull back, and she's swinging the chainsaw madly. Yeah, she's doing basically the Leatherface dance from the end of the first one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Having gone, like... It's like the combination. It's like she's laughing and screaming maniacally like Sally did, but she also has the chainsaw. She is, you know, become... The, the, the combination, the fusion yeah of killer and killie, monster and victim, and she is amazing. And then it immediately cuts to credits. Yep. Which is Assuming
0: that everyone we saw like I mean it's a horror movie, so yeah. you can never Confirm they're dead until a sequel. But with what they showed us, assuming who's dead and who's not, this movie does have a higher body count than the first one. Can uh, um, guess it does. Uh, I, I uh, oh, in sorry. the first film, huh. it was four of the five in the van died. Yeah, and then one of the family. One of the family...
1: Uh, Got hit by the truck. Right, right. The hitchhiker. Yeah, because both of the people driving the cars at the end get away. Right. So we have four good guys, one
0: bad guy down. Yeah. This one, assuming Lefty died in the explosion, Mm -hmm. four good guys. Or not, well, four victims. Four Sawyer's. Right, yeah. Um, Yeah, you have LG, you have Lefty, and you have the two douchebags at the beginning. Yep. And then you have five family members. You count Grandma? Uh, I'm not counting Grandma. I'm counting, okay, Leatherface, Chop Top. um, Drayton. Drayton. Grandpa. Grandpa. Maybe I did count the Grandma? No. Nubbins? (laughs) No, I guess it was just the four of them the whole movie. Okay, so yeah. So four and four. So this one has not quite double the body count of the original, but most of that is villain. Or it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's 50-50 villain mm-hmm. hero.
1: No, that's good. Um, and we don't even care about two of the uh, not, not not villains. Right. Because <laughs> they, they are douchebags. It would have been even higher because apparently, like, this Joe Bob Briggs movie theater scene, like, uh, the Sawyer's massacre of the people. Oh, gotcha. Everything. So it would have been an even higher body count. Yeah. Makes
0: sense, but that probably was X rating central, so... Yeah. 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 I mean, this was already right up on the line of the best 86 could offer. So
1: good. So good. Man. This is some good chili. Mm Mm-hmm. This is good. Text Chase on Massacre 2 just rules. That's like, it... It hits the sweet spot for the, the good 80s, gross-out, fun horror movies. Yeah, like but legitimately intense. Yeah. Um, Patrick jumped.
0: Yeah. It was <laughs> great. And I've, again, seen this enough times that I shouldn't, you know, but there are some scenes in some movies that will always get me. Yeah. When the chest opens in the thing, mm. every single yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Um... Almost more so now that
1: I know it's there. It's so bad. Yeah. That was it was so much fun the first time I watched that with my brother because I had seen the movie and it took like twenty minutes for me to realize wait you haven't seen this it's like no no I haven't I'm like oh well I'm just watching you for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah.
0: I will say without saying what the scene is. I will say that the last, honest, solid, just. Jump, jump. Need a minute on that. Uh, the Invisible Man. Yep. But I won't. Yeah, I don't want to spoil
1: I, the scene. Yeah, I think I know which one. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh boy, that one got me. That's good. Um, That's really, that Invisible Man movie really good. Oh, it's fantastic.
0: I really it is like that. front to back, just scary as all hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it but. might not be the best watch for some people um, it's about stalking he's an invisible man yeah. I mean it's just the premise so if that is a sore spot you'd probably be best to yeah. skip that one or watch it complete. you know
1: in, in a safe zone as you can get but holy hell it's good yeah really good that one not as good as Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 but few things are <laughs> that just like look no I, I like The Invisible Man a lot it's, yeah. it's a good movie this is more of a thing that I like I need to remember to not just nod but verbalize yeah yeah um but yeah, so that 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 was the silliness of Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Great soundtrack, mm-hmm. Go Boingo, The Cramps. Mm-hmm. Stuart Copeland has the song at the end of the movie, which is just kind of weird. And there's like a couple like vague rappy Chainsaw move, songs like yeah. throughout. It was kind of weird, but um, yeah, I cannot recommend that one enough. It is on Tubi. I watched my DVD because I care about things. Um, yeah, like not having to wait through commercials. Not having to wade through commercials. But so, yeah, next time will be Leatherface, colon, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Yeah, if you want to get ready for that one, you can look up the teaser trailer online. That, uh, it's a nice little that was King the f- Arthur parody. Yeah, that was the first... Uh, Anything, any contact I had with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I used, to, I used to wake up early and watch the loop of trailers on the pay-per-view channel. Remember the pay-per-view oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. channel, yep, yep. like, uh, uh, and so they had the trailer for that where it is. It's just you see this one kind of large figure by a lake, and then all of a sudden, like this beautiful chrome uh, chainsaw comes out, and engraved and it just keeps on, coming out and coming yeah, out and coming out. Like it's it, a it, six-footer. It's so fucking big. Yeah. And engraved in calligraphy on the blade, uh, on the on uh, the, the blade of the saw is the Saw's family. Mm-hmm. And then it gets flung and caught by Leatherface, mm-hmm. and then that's it. They don't show you anything of the actual movie at yeah, all. Yeah, literally it's like, just what the that fuck teaser. That? Yeah, and I think that's why I had one of those uh, really cool foil, chromy, psychedelic stickers. But remember, like the they had the vending machines that like. Chuck E. Cheese, or I think we got it. I got it at a bowling alley where mm-hmm. it's like you put in like fifty cents and you get like the really chromey. Yeah, kind of yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I had the one mm-hmm. that one for like Freddy Krueger the and. The foil. Texas Czechoslovak- yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. Foil. Yeah. Um, we need to bring back printing gimmicks. No, foil we covers. do not. Yes. As somebody who spent ten years there. Foil oh. covers. Foil covers. Foil covers. Hard pass. Double gate fold. You know what they're Magic good motion. for? Ruining expectations for a book. Embossed.
0: You do a first issue with five variant covers. Yeah. You sell a hundred thousand copies. Mm-hmm. You're not going. Retailers are not going to move through all those extra copies, but yeah. they have to get them for the ratio to be able to get the chase ones. Yeah. So they're sitting on dead stock of the first issue and will intentionally not order as much of the second issue. They'll get subscribers and not much more beyond that because they're already sitting on dead stock. For them, the book immediately becomes a loss. Um, it it works for the publisher, it works for Diamond, but non-returnable. The stores get screwed by variant covers so much, mm. and if a reader does, if readers do buy all hundred thousand copies, and then the next issue, there's no variant cover. Well, the first one sold 100,000, so orders should be around, you know, at least 80,000, 90,000. No, you had 20,000 people buy five covers.
1: Yeah.
0: It inflates the sales numbers. It gives you a sharp drop on second issue. It pretty much spells a massive drop-off in doom and gloom for a title that uses variants. It's very bad.
1: Patrick that is a uh, well articulated uh, clearly rational economic argument may I present a counter argument well since we're in the we're in the realm of the comic book industry right now
0: i assume this will be just as go on
1: foil covers foil covers foil covers that is exactly how this argument goes online oh, every month every time. <laughs> They're so cool, and anybody that says they're not is lying. They're not worth the money that you have to pay for them, but they are cool. But yeah, no, that would suck. Yeah. So welcome to, so thank you for listening to Tom and Patrick talk the economics and uh, profit margins of comic books. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this just segues naturally into the Teenage
0: Mutant Ninja Turtles series where Bill Moseley operated a chainsaw
1: store. Oh, no, we're going to get to that later. We're going to get well, to that later. Well, he's, he's in this one,
0: and yeah. we just mentioned the Saul's family, and yeah. he has a Saul that says the Saul's family. I, and wa-
1: I want to save the time for when we're watching it and painstakingly go annotating every single thing that happens in that and episode. We're doing that episode? Of course we're doing that. It. We okay, talked about doing that episode. We're totally doing that episode. I haven't edited the last one yet. Yeah, I know. It's fine. You're tired. It'll mm-hmm. be good. All right. Until next time, Get out. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: we're working on it
0: if you want to interact with us online you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville show or you can send us an email at podcast at gmail.com